The following is a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit AmarilloFellowship.com. We've been in a series, I Love My Church, and we've been looking at the fact that love is a response. It's just a, it's a reflex. It's, it's like a, 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 a tube of toothpaste that if you squeeze it, Preparation H does not come out. Have you ever do, accidentally done that? Me neither. Gotten out the Preparation H, put that out there on there and brushed for just a minute. Thought, wow, my teeth really feel weird. What's inside of us when something gets squeezed, come out? And love is a reflex. It's a response for the followers of Jesus Christ. When we become consumed with the love of Jesus Christ, instead of the anger of the world coming out of us, because the anger of the world is trying to constantly make deposits in your life. Somebody cuts you off in traffic. Somebody says something unkind to you at work. Somebody says something against your favorite team. Suddenly, man, we can let this thing rise up inside of us and we can get angry and we can get frustrated. Because we're letting people make deposits into our life, because of their wrong behavior, we're deciding to have wrong behavior. Wouldn't it be amazing if in Amarillo it was the most wonderful place in the world to drive in? Because even though people were not driving right, we would still say, praise God, brother, go ahead and cut on in front of me. It's okay. I love you with the love of the Lord. And we really meant it. See, what I'm understanding about my heart in life is the more that I get into the goodness of God and the goodness of God gets into me... When life squeezes me, and it's not a matter of if life squeezes you, when life squeezes you, what's inside of you is going to come out. And as followers of Jesus Christ, we have to recognize that God doesn't just love, He is love. And when we become so consumed with the love of God, the love of God gets into our hearts and lives. When we get squeezed by life, the love of God comes out. Love is a natural response. Now, sometimes we got to fake it till we make it, right? Sometimes you got to say, okay, I'm choosing to love this person. I'm making a choice right now. I'm going to love them. They don't seem very lovable, but I'm choosing to love them. Right? But the more that we focus on the love of God, love becomes a natural response. That's why we've been looking at this verse in 1 Corinthians 13 that says, When I was a child, I spoke as a child, understood as a child, and I thought as a child. But when I became a man, when I became mature, I began to put away childish things. When we begin to mature, we can give up our right to actually be right. You're going to disagree with some people, but sometimes we, in our desire to be right, will damage a relationship just to prove a simple point that won't matter in 15 minutes from now. When we become so consumed with the love of God, we learn how to put away childish things, immature things, that we get our feelings hurt at church because we didn't get to sit in our seat. Somebody's sitting in our seat this morning. What on earth are they doing, right? Or somebody didn't shake my hand. Or man, they ran out of bananas today. They ran out of donuts. Man, the, the coffee was in this near as strong. And we let all these little petty things get into our life. But when we become consumed with the love of God, we mature, we grow, we put away childish things. So we've been looking through this chapter in 1 Corinthians 13 because when we do that, it explains to us what love looks like. It becomes a mirror. We can look at that and go, okay, that's what love is. And because it's important to understand from the word of God what love looks like because there are a lot of ideas and opinions in this fallen world in which you and I live in about what love looks like. Because if you take the opinion of Hollywood and you watch a movie, 
You're in love with somebody when you feel it all the time. I just feel in love. I'm so in love with this person. I just can't wait to hang out with this person and spend time with this person all the time. That is not reality. You can love without the feeling being there. Love is a verb. It's a choice. So we're not going to let Hollywood make the decision. Nor are we going to let some of the perversion that's in our world dictate what love actually is. We go to the word of God. We can allow the word of God to be the foundation on which we understand the love of God. It should be the foundation. When I look into the word of God and let the word of God look back at me, I begin to understand what love is, that love is patient and kind. I know that some of you have been taught growing up, don't pray for patience because God will give you the opportunity for patience. I promise you, you're getting opportunities for patience anyway. You don't have to pray for patience. Patience is actually already inside of you because it's a fruit of the Spirit that you're a child of God. You just have to start focusing on it and say, I'm going to choose to be patient. Listen, and don't get mad at yourself and give up on yourself. I just can't be patient, right? You, you might instantly, you may be right now where something happens and you're instantly impatient. But if you learn to focus on what the word of God says, and this is what love looks like, that it's patient, you can at least wait a nanosecond before you become impatient. And then you can go to two nanoseconds and three nanoseconds, and it might be a process in your life. It's patient and kind. It doesn't seek its own way. It isn't easily angered. It's not proud or rude. See, what we've done in the past is when we were impatient, when we were unkind, or when we weren't getting all this stuff right, we would spend time beating ourselves up, or other people would spend time beating us up. Right? They would, they would rail on us and talk to us and see, listen, there's a process that all of us are walking through in life. That we're all growing and maturing. We're becoming more like Jesus every day. And we've got to quit pulling up the flowers to see how the roots are doing in people's lives. We've got to quit judging them. We've got to quit being angry with them and mean with them. It doesn't mean that we don't have conversations when the behavior is wrong. But we do those conversations based out of what? Love. We have the love of God inside of us. So we're able to be patient even when other people are impatient. See, we've been trying to discipline ourselves in order for the fruit of the right behavior to come out, never recognizing that really it's a root issue. You see, our behaviors and our actions are just a symptom. They're a reflex of what is happening on the inside of us in our hearts. So rather than just seeing it as a behavior issue, we need to start recognizing and understanding that it's a heart issue. If I'm not acting according to the word of God, there's a heart issue going on in my life. Because when we became followers of Jesus Christ, we gave our lives to Christ. Just so you know, that's what following Jesus is all about. Following Jesus is not about coming to church and trying to look the part. When you became a follower of Jesus Christ, what you made the decision is, I'm giving my life to you, God. I'm turning my life completely over to you. Now, do we take it back? Yes, but we go back to giving our lives completely over to God. We gave him our hearts. The, the essence of who we are, we gave that to Christ. Your actions and behaviors always follow your heart. And when our heart is being transformed by God, it changes our behavior. Jesus is not into behavior modification. Where we're focused on the fruit. If I can just be this, if I can change this. He's into life transformation. He's interested in something happening and changing on the inside of you. So it gets on the outside of you. Because we've given him our heart and our lives. 
And because we've given him our heart and our lives, our behaviors begin to change. You see, there are some people who say that they've given their lives to Christ, but there really hasn't been any behavioral change in their life. Now, I'm not talking about a process that they're walking through. I'm just talking about nothing's changed. They're still doing exactly the same things that they did before they knew Jesus Christ or came to know Jesus Christ. But listen, as we learn to truly place our trust in Christ, how do we place our trust in Christ? We recognize how good God is. We recognize that God loves us unconditionally, even in the midst of our failures. We place our trust in him. Then we begin to give our hearts to him. When we begin to give our hearts to him, our lives begin to change. We begin to understand just how good God is and then begin giving our heart and trust completely to him. But it's our behaviors and our actions that really help us understand where our heart is. You can say, oh, no, I've given my life to Christ. You can say that all day long. I've given my heart to Christ. But it's our behaviors and our actions that help us understand where our heart is. It helps us understand where our trust is. Is your trust in God? Do you trust God? We would all say yes, but what are your actions saying? See, our behaviors and actions and our hearts responding with love is just a response. It's a reflex of our heart that is loving and trusting and surrendered to God. So my question of one of two questions today for you is where is your heart? Where is your heart today? That's the ultimate question. Is it Primarily on the things of this earth, things that are temporary, where you don't really have time for God, so you just try to work him into your schedule whenever it's easy and convenient? Or is it in the kingdom of God, in things that are eternal, where God is your priority? He has first place in your life. You're involved in the church by serving and giving because you love what God loves. Our behaviors are just a reflex, a response of where our heart and trust are with God. Are you after God's heart? Because it's something every morning that we have to make a decision to be after God's heart because there are a lot of things in this life that are distracting us to be after that. After our career, after a relationship with someone else. But our heart primarily has to be after God's heart. When you're after God's heart, you'll love what he loves and you'll love the local church. I'll say that again. When you're after God's heart, you'll love what he loves and you'll love the local church because Christ loves the church. So when we recognize our behaviors and actions are not lining up with behaviors that line up with the word of God, we go back to giving our hearts back to God, giving him our trust, believe that he is for us, and refocus our lives to follow after him. It's a constant refocus. What we have to do is we have to take our eyes off of self, what I can get out of this relationship with God, and get our eyes back on Jesus Christ. It means that, first of all, we read the Word. We listen to messages of the Word to hear and understand about God's goodness. And secondly, we read the Word. We listen to messages to understand what fruit, what behaviors should be showing up in our lives. And then we recognize from our fruit and behaviors exactly where our heart is with God, what the trust level is with God. See, the best way that I know for you to keep focused on the things of God instead of the things of the world is start hanging out with the church. Start hanging out with the people of God. You're going to become like people that you're hanging around. Now, I know that there are some people who say that expecting people to consistently come to church is just legalism. It's not. 
Being taught the word of God is the thing that empowers us to understand God's goodness. It causes our faith in him to grow. Knowing what God's word says helps us know how to avoid all the traps and temptations of the enemy. How to avoid the pitfalls of life. Showing up to church helps us prioritize the kingdom of God in our lives. Because first and best goes to God. So at the beginning of the week, first and best goes to God. Because we're continually learning about God's goodness. See, and there's also a maturing place that begins to take place in our lives when we're part of other people's lives. Other people in your life will break rough edges off of your life. As much as we don't want that, I promise it's the very best thing for you. Because there's probably an area of your life that you need some things broken off of. You may not recognize it, but the person you're sitting next to today, they recognize it. Wouldn't it be awesome if when we were born again, we were all fully mature in the things of God? I mean, we just got saved and we suddenly and instantly understood everything about God. We don't. When we give our lives to Christ, the Bible says that we have been born again. We are young in the Lord. And people that are young need instruction. Let me say that again, because those of us who are older, it's kind of exciting for us to say. People that are young need instructions. See, that's why your parents taught you things when you were growing up. Things like you need to look both ways before you cross the street. Right? Why did they teach you that? Because they recognized that there were some negative consequences for not looking both ways. And depending on how young you were, they'd tell you things like, if you don't look both ways when you're crossing the street, I'm going to give you a whooping. I know some of you today, you're shocked by that whooping. Yes, I grew up in an era where my parents spanked us. It was close to a beating from time to time. But for those of you that might be a little bit more politically correct, you get grounded from your Xbox One. <laughs> or you're in timeout. Right? Come on. If you don't look both ways when you cross the street, you're going to get a whooping, right? Were they trying to be mean to you? No. They wanted you to learn that there are consequences for wrong behavior. You see, it's hard to reason with children when they're young. Man, they just don't get stuff. You're like telling them, no, 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 seriously, don't touch the fire. But it looks so pretty. It's hard to reason with them when they're young. They just don't understand some things, so you build in consequences. And even though those consequences are a bit uncomfortable, it's uncomfortable. I, I tell you, I don't like sometimes. Now, when I'm angry, when the kids have made a mistake, I love consequences. I'm ready to be the enforcer, right? When you're mad, it's like, yo, get to your room. Ah, you're grounded till eternity, Right? However, when, when it's just something kind of small, I don't always like doing the consequences, but those consequences are, are for them. Because, see, it's understanding consequences that help them make decisions that are good for them. And now that you're all grown up and your parents aren't around, when you're crossing the street, do you look both ways? Absolutely you do, I hope. Why? Because it's good for you. See, that's why sometimes when we hear the word of God, sometimes when I'm teaching you things, there are things that honestly you don't really want to hear. When I talk about giving, oh, Pastor Richie, not again. Oh, when I talk about serving, oh, Pastor Richie, you know I would, but I just bought that yoke of oxen and I've got to go check it out, right? When I talk to you about loving some people in your life that are a little unlovable, oh, Pastor Richie, you know, come on. You just don't really know how this person operates. See, there's some things that you don't want to hear, but 
Listen, I've done this long enough and I've seen some consequences that happen in people's lives when they're not living their lives according to the word of God. And while my flesh may not always want to do the right things, most of the time it does. Why? Because I don't like the negative consequences. And I like the positive consequences that begin showing up in my life when I do the things of God. See, let me take the issue of unforgiveness just real quickly. If I'm unforgiving and I decide I'm not going to forgive that person because this is just insurmountable, the ability for me to forgive them because of what they've done. What I'm doing is I'm actually drinking poison waiting for that person to die. Because that unforgiveness negatively affects me. That's the, just the, the negative side of it. But when I also begin to understand how quickly the relationship can be restored when I forgive them, they know they de- didn't deserve forgiveness. They know what they said. And, and if they don't right now, they probably eventually will. That, that begins to develop a relationship back with them simply because I chose to forgive. See, that's why I want to know God's word. Because as I continue to spend time in the word of God, as I continue to hear messages about the goodness of God, I grow in my revelation of the goodness of God, and I begin to understand what the life of a follower of Jesus Christ is actually supposed to look like. Because it's not just about coming to Christ and then go do whatever you want. There's a plan that God has for your life. It's spelled out in his word. It's spelled out in the love letter that he's written in his word to you. And it's so that you and I can avoid the negative consequences and walk in the abundant life that God has for us. So I'm thankful for God's grace that helps me get out of a pit that I've gotten myself into because I find myself having gotten myself into a pit from time to time. But I'm even more thankful for the grace that can keep me out of the pit in the first place because I understand the pitfalls that the Word of God is spelling out for me in the Word of God. Listen, I don't live my life for God because I'm motivated by fear because I don't live my life living for God because I'm afraid I'm gonna fall under the curse see as a child of God I've been redeemed from the curse I live my life for God because I'm motivated by the love of God and I know that when I live my life according to the Word of God it's what's good for me see when I live my life according to the Word of God it means that I'm living with an eternal perspective You understand that you are spirit being that will live forever. We've got to get an eternal perspective that moves beyond the temporary of just making money now, just being in relationships now, just having a career now. All those things are well and good, but we've got to elevate and have an eternal perspective. See, when I get into the word of God, it helps me understand where my heart is. See, here's what Jesus said in Matthew 6. Verse 19, he said this, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But notice what we are to do. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. So Jesus is saying that you are not supposed to lay up for yourselves treasures on the earth. Now, is he saying don't plan for the future, don't plan for retirement? Absolutely not. But my my confidence cannot be in my retirement. It cannot be in my 401k. Y'all aren't aren't shouting me down too much on that. My confidence can't be in my money. It can't be in what my bank account says. My confidence has to be in God. I'm laying up for myself treasures in heaven. He goes on to say, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. But notice that you are supposed to lay up for yourself in heaven. 
This isn't just about doing something for God and there's absolutely nothing that it affects you about. This is about you laying up for yourself treasures in heaven. Then Jesus goes on in verse 21 and says, explains that, that our treasure helps us understand where our heart is. For he says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If you ever want to know where your heart is, just look at where your treasure is. You see, your treasures are those things that are most valuable to you, your family, your, your friends, your co-workers. It's your, your time, your, your talent, your money, and your energy. Those are your treasures. If you look at those things in your life and, and you look at how you're stewarding those things in your life, it will be an indicator of where your heart is. See, do you see that Jesus is telling us, don't let your heart be focused on the earth. Make sure that it's focused on heaven, those things that are eternal. If we locate your treasure, we can locate your heart. That's why the ultimate question is, where is your heart? Listen, and I'm not here today to throw stones at you, to make you feel bad. It's, it's a self-evaluation time. To look at your treasure, look at where you're investing your time, look at where you're investing your talent, your money, your energy, and all those things that are focused in your life. That helps you understand where your heart is. Your tre treasure is an, is an indicator of what's going on in your heart. And again, if you're seeing this today and you're recognizing, man, I've really not been investing in the kingdom of God. My treasure really has not been in the kingdom of God and in his church. Don't beat yourself up. Don't go back to self-disciplining yourself and trying to will yourself. Get your eyes back on Jesus. Get your eyes off of yourself. I can't do this. I'm never going to be able to overcome. I've tried this before, Pastor Richie. I've prayed for this before and I just haven't overcome. Don't give in to the lie of the enemy that your treasure can't be laid up in heaven. You've tried it before. Don't, don't even worry about it. Listen. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Start focusing on Jesus. When you blow it, don't get your focus on you. Get your focus back on Jesus. Get into the word of God. Understand how good God is. Understand who you are in Christ. Understand that God is wanting to instruct you, his child. He's wanting to give you instruction. Because again, your behavior is just a reflex. It's a response of where your heart is. Listen, it is time for you and I to get established in the love of God and go all in. Listen, it, it, it's like you're, you're gambling today and you're not because we don't believe in gambling here. It's time to go all in with God. You've got your chips sitting in front of you and seriously, some of you are throwing out one chip and you're playing it safe with God. Well, God, you know what? I'll give you Sunday mornings. You know what, but that's pretty much all I'm going to be able to do. I really can't serve because, man, I'm so busy. I really can't give because, God, you know I don't have any money. I really don't have a talent, so I can't actually give that to you. And we're just throwing out one chip at a time. I'm telling you, it's time to go all in with God, pushing all the chips out, saying, God, I love the church. I love the church, God, because you love the church. See, we think we're so broken and we're so beat up by life, I don't have anything to give. I promise, because you have been broken and because you have been beat up by life, you have a lot to give. There are people that have walked through things or are walking through things that you are walking through or have walked through that you're going to be able to minister the love and hope of Jesus Christ to them like no one else. So let's get our eyes on Jesus. This has been a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit amarillofellowship.com.